Anybody here like to laugh? You like to laugh? You like a, would you like a good laugh today? Okay. I'm going to make a suggestion to you. And I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say what I'm about to suggest, I want you to do after church, not during the sermon. All right? But I want you to take some time today. I want you to take out your phone, open up to your favorite search engine, whatever it is, duck, duck, goose, or whatever, what's it called? <laughs> duck, duck, go. All right. Google, whatever, and simply type in um, awkward family Christmas photos. You ever done that? If you've never done it, you're in for a treat. I did that here a while back, and I sat and belly laughed for nearly a half, half an hour because these are some of the best pictures you will ever see, I promise you. In fact, I think, Rod, do we have one of them that, to show? Oh. Hannah, bro, throw it up there. Isn't that awkwardly beautiful? That wasn't my favorite one, though. My favorite one, I asked Lisa. She's my filter, which is probably not the best idea ever. But <clears throat> the one that I was my very favorite was so awkwardly inappropriate, she told me not to use it in church. But if you type in what I told you to, you will find, you'll figure out which one I'm talking about, okay? Um, here's, the, here's the truth about awkwardness. We love to laugh at other people when they're being awkward, don't we? But when awkwardness kind of comes into our sphere, we do everything that we can to try to avoid it, right? Um, well, here's another little truth bomb I'm going to drop on you today. During the Christmas season, the opportunities for awkwardness are increased exponentially. And I'm going to tell you why. Because oftentimes throughout the year, we can avoid awkward situations, but during Christmas, during holidays in general, we find ourselves in awkward situations with people that often cause awkward situations that we can avoid the rest of the year, but we can't during the holidays. You might have a family dinner with someone who has uh, polar opposite political beliefs. You can avoid them throughout the year. You really can't at Christmas time, right? Or you might be, you find you go to the, to the company Christmas party and they've set you right next to the person that you have a conflict with and, and it's awkward, right? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Well, some of those awkward situations can and maybe even should uh, legitimately be avoided. But there are other awkward situations, conversations, that um, you probably shouldn't. In fact, you may need to actually have these awkward moments, embrace these awkward moments, these awkward conversations, because when you do, it could actually lead to something beautiful for your future. So, um, truth of the matter is, awkward Christmases started all the way back at the very first Christmas. Did you know that? And during the next few weeks leading up to Christmas, we're going to take a look at some of the awkward conversations, some of the awkward situations that occurred during the very first Christmas to see what we can learn from those awkward situations that we might be able to apply to ours today. Okay? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the Christmas story, Luke chapter 1, uh, which is found, I think it's 1016 in your church Bibles, if that's what you're using. Um, and here in the, the, the passage that we're going to look at today, we are going to look 
at an awkward conversation that happened to a young woman named Mary. I bet you've heard of her before. You know, the truth of the matter is, when because Chris, the Christmas story is so familiar, even if you didn't grow up going to church, right? The Christmas story is very familiar to you. And because the Christmas story is so familiar, it is difficult for us sometimes to imagine what the, what the Christmas story, what it must have been like for the people who actually lived it. For example, um, it's difficult for us to imagine Mary as this young woman engaged to be, mar- to be married who's looking forward to the most important day of her life, her wedding day, right? We, we kind of just blow right past that. But that's what was going on in this Christmas story. Mary was a young woman in love, uh, looking forward to this idyllic, perfect day, her wedding day. Every woman from a, from a little child growing up dreams about their wedding day, and Mary would have been no different. But here's the, here's the issue. That idyllic, perfect wedding day was never meant to be for Mary. Um, God had other plans for her. And an awkward conversation needed to be had as to what those plans were. So here in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 28, um, we are introduced to probably one of the most awkward conversations anybody has ever had. And there are some lessons, as I alluded to earlier, that, that we can learn from this conversation. So here we have it. Mary, this young woman, excited, looking forward to her wedding day, is um, visited by an angel. That's awkward in and of itself, right? She's visited by this angel named Gabriel. And here in verse 28, the angel Gabriel says, Greetings, blessed one, for God is with you. Now that's not so awkward, is it? But right there we have the very first lesson when approaching awkward and difficult conversations. When you know that you're about to come into an awkward and difficult conversation, one of the most important things that you can do is to invite God into the conversation before it even occurs. Listen to me now. This is a big deal. If you know that you're about to face an awkward, difficult conversation situation, invite God into the situation before it even occurs. And then proclaim, claim for yourself and proclaim to whoever else is in the conversation that God is with us. You see, if you try to go into these difficult, awkward conversations by yourself, there's a real good chance that they could go off the road real quickly, right? But if you invite God into them first, you can trust and believe, you can rest in the confidence that God's got this. So lesson number one, when faced with awkward and difficult conversations, invite God into it, proclaim it, and embrace it. Okay, so uh, he comes in, he takes his own advice, right? God is with you, Mary, and he's with me too. Uh, By the way, Mary, (laughs) just thought, God has chosen you to be the mother of the Messiah. 
Yeah, there's some awkward laughter right there, right? Now think about that. That, that. that is such a familiar story to you. You're saying, oh yeah, that's the way it goes, right? Now think about it. Imagine Mary. Guess what? You've been chosen to be the mother of God. Think of all the questions that had to be swirling around in her head. The, the, I would think the most important question is, how do you parent God, right? But that's not the question that she asks. You remember the question that she asks? She asks probably the most, the most fundamental, visceral question. She says, how is that even possible, right? Because I'm a virgin. To which, this is verse 35, to which the angel Gabriel says this. She, he says, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall conceive and bear a son. Lesson number two. When having awkward and difficult conversations, be as clear and straightforward as possible. You see, what we as human beings have a tendency to do when we're having awkward and difficult conversations is we try to kind of, we get a little wishy-washy, we try to be politically correct, we try to, you know, couch our, be as clear and straightforward as possible. Which leads me to lesson number three. Immediately following up what so the angel says, re- responds to her question, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you shall conceive and bear a son, right? Clear and straightforward. He immediately follows that up in verse 36 by saying, and you know what else? Your cousin Elizabeth, even in her old age, your cousin Elizabeth has, is, is, has conceived and will bear a son as well. And why do I share this with you? Because I want you to know that nothing is impossible with our God. Lesson number three. When sharing awkward and difficult conversations with clarity and straightforward, always remember to be as encouraging as possible and always remember that nothing is impossible with God. You see, one of the hardest things about having awkward and difficult conversations is that we're thinking, how can this ever turn out good? I can see all the the ways this is going to go off the rails. and, and, And you need to always remember that nothing is impossible with God. What you perceive as impossible is possible in the hands of the Lord. Now, I share this with you this morning because everyone has awkward conversations that they need to have. Everybody does. I don't know what they are for you. And some of them are legitimately avoided. I get that, and it's okay. But some of them need to be had. And if you can find the courage and receive the wisdom to have them, it could change you and it could change everything about you and it could change the world, literally. Um, I grew up in a family that loved each other. But ironically, when I was growing up, we never said it. Can anybody relate to that? Um, I knew that we loved each other. We never said it. 
I don't know why we never said it, but we never said it. Probably because it, was, it can be awkward, right? Well, one year I was home from college during Christmas break, ironically, and, you know, there's usually a, a, quite a bit of time in there. And I don't remember how long after Christmas it was, but I was home for Christmas and I was getting ready to head back for college. But there was a program going on at the church I was attending that afternoon before I was head, to head back to college. And it was, it was a guy that had been um, in a horrific, fiery accident. And he, it was a miracle that he survived. And um, he was horribly disfigured. You couldn't, I mean, to the point where you couldn't even recognize him. So I went, and I, because of his story, as they were advertising, I wanted to go hear his story. And when I got there, he told the story, which was fantastic. But his message that went along with the story was very simple. And the, and the message was this. It was, you do not know what day may be the last day of your life. You never know. Therefore, don't let any day go by without telling the people in your life that you love them. It's a pretty simple message, right? I listened to it. I was blown away by his story. But it was that little message about don't let any day go by without telling the people in your life that you love them. Because you don't know whether that may be the last day of your life. It was just eating at me. I was driving home, and I knew I was going to head back for college that day, and, and the Lord was saying, saying, Craig, you need to tell your, your family that you love them. And I was having this conversation in my head. Maybe I was out doing that light. I don't know. You guys, you ever do that? You ever have a conversation with God, and you're by yourself, and you just kind of talk out loud? I do that. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Craig, you need to tell your family that you love them. And I said, Lord, we don't say things like that. And he said, well, why not? And I said, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's awkward, right? And he said, well, maybe you should ask why you don't. I did not want to do it. I got home and I started packing my stuff and, got, and, I, and he was saying, you need to ask him. And I got the car packed and I was just about ready to head, head down the road, go back to college. And he said, don't do it. You need to ask them, because how do you know that this isn't the last day of your life? So, before I left, I said, hey, you guys want to come together in, here, in the um, living room with me? And everybody kind of, okay. Um, I awkwardly said, why don't we ever say, I love you? to each other. And there was awkward silence. <laughs> and then somebody, I don't remember who it was, said, well, we don't have to in our family because we just show it. We just know. And I said, that's it. I do know it. I know that you love me. How come you never tell me that you love me? And there was some more awkwardness and some more excuses. Until finally somebody said, well, maybe we should. So we did. 
We started that day. We made the decision that day as a family that we would start saying I love you. That sounds so simple and silly, doesn't it? But it's not, is it? The truth of the matter is, and I'm not exaggerating, that day changed the rest of our lives. And there's not a day that goes by when, whether we're going to the grocery store or moving halfway across the country, that we don't say to one another, I love you. In fact, I had this really, this wasn't even part of the story, but it was the sermon, but it just came to me. There was this, my, my son Simon, when he was um, in high school, he, was, he asked this girl to go to, um, to the prom, right? And you know how you always want to have him come and take pictures and everything? And, and so I, we had them come over so we could take pictures as they were in their prom outfits and everything, and they were getting ready to leave, and and because this is what we do. We gave Simon and his girlfriend a hug and said, we love you. Have a good time. And it wasn't until years later he, he told me, he said, you know, we, when we got in the car to go to, off to the dance, this girl was blown away by that. She said, does your family do that all the time? And of course, he didn't know any different because that, that's the way he had been raised. That was his life. We just saying, dude, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Phil knows it because I do it all the time. I love you, Phil. And so she said, do you guys do that all the time? And he goes, well, Yeah. And she said, nobody in my family has ever told me that. Isn't that a shame? But I knew exactly what she was feeling because that was me. And it shouldn't be. Now, here's what I'm trying to say to you. I don't know what awkward conversations you need to have, but I'll guarantee you there are some awkward conversations that you need to have. And I understand that, that it's scary and awkward. I do. I get that. But if you can find the courage, and if you can receive the wisdom of how to approach it, by remembering that before going into it, invite God in, and then proclaim that he's there all, all, through, all through it, that'll make a difference. By remembering to be as clear and straightforward and not wishy-washy as you can be. And then by remembering when you're being clear and straightforward to be as encouraging as possible while at the same time remembering that nothing is impossible with God. Something beautiful can be birthed from those awkward conversations. Perhaps the most important conversation that you need to have today is the one you need to have with Jesus, though. Because if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, there's no other more important conversation that you could have. You may have grown up going to church your whole life. You may have presumed that, well, of course I'm a Christian. 
because I, I grew up in a Christian home. That's the same thing as saying, well, of course I'm loved, even though nobody tells me, right? This is a conversation that has to be had with Jesus. And it's a simple conversation. I didn't say it was easy, but it's simple. It's confessing that you are a sinner, and you are. I know that's not politically correct. I know we live in a world where we're supposed to always be... You're a sinner. You're broken. And so am I, by the way. And you need to confess that to Jesus. And then repent. That's not a word we use very often either. What does it mean to repent? It means to say I'm sorry. And then ask for forgiveness. And then invite Him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. That is not, that's, that's the prayer. That's, that's the conversation. And it's not, again, it's not, it's not complicated, but it isn't simple either. It isn't easy. If it's a conversation, a prayer that you would like some help with, it'd be my privilege. Right over there is our prayer room. We do this every week. Right over there is our prayer room. I'd be privileged to pray that prayer with you, but you don't need me to do it. You can do it right here in the seat or when you go home today. And if there's something else going on in your life that you would like a prayer with your pastor about, I would be privileged to pray over those things too. I'll be right over there.